0: And welcome to the 4th Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 280 of the big show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Wacky Wednesday. Halfway there, folks. Hump Day Wednesday. Look at the end of January. Where did January go? Man, 2023 is off to a rocking start here. So, um, yeah, I hope everybody... Idiot neighbors revving up his truck out there. If anybody can hear it, okay, cool guy. Yeah, we got it. Yeah, um, yeah. How's everybody doing? Um, yeah, guys. Uh, well, I'll do this first, and and we'll we'll get into things. Um, Member of the Hockey Podcast Network. There's over 50 shows in the network. All the NHL teams are represented. Whatever team you're a fan of, there is a show for you. So, check that out. Multiple shows for you, depending on what team you cheer for. And then, of course, for my off network friends, we got Alec over there at the Fire for Fighting podcast uh, out there at North Kakalaki. And uh, he's, he's, uh, at, at this time, I'm, I'm just going to call him a part time podcast, a casual podcaster. Yeah, he, uh, you know, the guy, Easy Like Sunday Morning. Yeah, he, he does a show every now and again. Yeah. <laughs> um, Yeah, no, actually the way I I look at it and I'm like, Alec has completely has the right idea. Um, you know, yeah, but I will say, um, he does have a tremendous back catalog. Rob Ray by Lois, Sigroy, Rushton, Pete, on and on. It's tremendous. Um, I enjoy his shows when he comes out. Usually he does a couple a month, um, I know it's obviously something, you know, but with work and everything else, the young guy just, just getting rolling. He's not, he's not an old established fart like Lazito and I, uh, no, he's like a rolling stone, a rolling stone gathers no moss, right? So off, he, he's always on the move, but, uh, definitely check out his show and definitely check out his YouTube channel, Five for Fighting on YouTube. I mean, he's had his ups and downs and battles with YouTube. Um, he is, uh, his old channel got shut down, so we're, this is sort of five for fighting 2.0 on YouTube, but he's been uploading actually fan submissions and stuff and some American Hockey League stuff. And uh, he does a great job. He's always constantly battling with the East Coast League. That's his, uh, that's his nemesis. That's, uh, so hey, we all, we all need a villain. We all need an, an arch enemy. And that is, uh, that is Alex is the East Coast Hockey League. But uh definitely check it out. Five for fighting. Then of course we got Jolt and Joe Lazito. Oh, he's got two, three, four, half a dozen podcasts. Who knows with Lazito? You know, I'm glad he only likes two teams. Holy shit! Um, but yes, he has the Nordiques Knuckles podcast. And right now is uh episode part three with Dave Marcinish. And tremendous sandpaper D man. You're like Dave Marcinich? Yes, I know. You have to type that one in Google. You got to spell check that one. But You talk about salty blue liners. That's he, his name would be under salty blue liner uh, Did not fight often, but when he did would punish guys toe-to-toe beauty fighter Look up his stuff on YouTube. You will not be disappointed and uh, Definitely check out Joe's show. This is his third guest. He's had Trevor Steenberg and Ken McCray on before before uh, Dave here and uh Dave's got some interesting uh, irons in the fire, and I hope they work out for him. And I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, Joe as he uh, progresses on here. So definitely Knuckles Pod, Jesus. Nordiques Knuckles Podcast. I'll get it right. Take take two. And, uh, of course, Jordan, the newcomer to the group. Five in a game. Uh, He is part two with Ryan Hand is out. He's getting some great guests, and you should see his guests he's got coming up, folks. He told me a couple of them. I'm not going to throw names out here, but I'll let him. That's his show. It's his reveal, but beauty. Yeah, it uh, is a rare interview, and you guys will dig it. He's done a great job so far uh, with his guests, and uh, on Tristan Manson, and now Ryan Hand. Jordan is a newcomer to the scene, is a, the newest show on the network, and uh he is doing a fantastic job. So, and he's a good dude out in Cape Breton, the old Maritimer. And, uh, definitely check it out. He's doing a great job so far. And, uh, and then for YouTube channels, of course, uh, my boy D Skunk, D Skunk. Um, he has been doing this for over a decade. His YouTube channel, tremendous. Go down that rabbit hole. He is currently uploading SPHL fights. Uh, so to keep you current in the lower minor leagues, he's your guy. But he also goes back to the old IH, the new IHL days. Remember that the ups? It was the basically the UHL 2.0. He's got stuff from way back then. So uh, go down the rabbit hole. Jay's a good dude. He's been on this show a bunch of times. And uh, yeah, definitely. And for all the YouTube channels, like I always say, hit the subscribe button. If you watch a video that you like, hit the thumbs up. And if whatever. Podcast you're listening to, mine, Jay, Jordan's, Joe's, Alec, whatever, um, whatever podcast you happen to be listening to, no matter what platform you're on, if you could rate and review the show. Or at the very least, rate it. The phone's in your hand. Just hit the little star rating. Boom. It's not a big deal to you. Same thing with the YouTube thing. Just hit subscribe and hit Like. Doesn't sound like it's a big deal. Oh yeah, why it's a big deal? As a creator, it helps the platform. YouTube lo- loves when you do that shit, as well as Spotify and iTunes. It helps us with analytics and stuff like that. And uh, like I said, whoever you're create, if you enjoy their, if you enjoy a creator's uh, product, that's how. That's the that's the, a, a simplest and free way to support them. Myself included, but everyone else that I listed. Um, it's just by rating and reviewing a show and, uh, and liking and subscribing on YouTube. Simple as that. So there you go. If you could do that, that would be tremendous. All right, let's get into the shenanigans. What am I going to talk about today? Um, well, I've got, I've got a list. So Tim's excited. Well, he might not be excited because it's the New York Rangers. It's a New York Rangers list. Uh, what is it? The seven toughest blue shirts of all time. So. We'll see how that goes. Um, my, my, I didn't get to do it on Sunday. I'll get to that in a second. Uh, my week on the internets is a, is a feature I like to do where I rant and rave about things that happened to me. Um, I also had an off social media, a real life, uh, not confrontation, but yeah, just a little back and forth in a lineup at 7 Eleven that was, uh, rather eye rolling. And, uh, yeah. But, uh, and I'm gonna talk about shopping carts. You like shopping carts? Yes, I'm gonna talk about shopping carts as well. You'll get a little bit of everything here. I know you tuned into the hockey fights, but we're gonna, we're gonna discuss a few things. We're gonna just, we're gonna discuss light, little life today, folks. We're gonna get philosophical. So kick back, close your eyes, and listen to the, the sounds and the sights as they fly through the air. Are you ready? Um, well, first of all, I want to say, I apologize for all the regular listeners for not having an episode on Sunday. And uh, once again, it reared its ugly head, folks. Um, it wasn't that I wasn't ready. Um, I had two guests no-show. And uh, not only no-show, but ghost me. And I uh, have yet to hear from them, almost, what, four days later. So uh, clearly weren't really that interested in doing it, or they obviously had other things to do which is fine but I wish they had given me the heads up um I posted it on Facebook today um uh, I'm not going to throw out names cuz that's that's pointless it's not players or anything but um but they certainly weren't the first people that have done this and they certainly won't be the, sadly won't be the last um it's the same old story um all week had set something up with a, with both of them and uh uh, one guy was going to record with uh, early Saturday evening, and the other guy was going to be uh, after he got home from work about 6, 7 o'clock. Um, was in contact with both all week. Uh, seemed fairly excited about it. Uh, one guy approached me about coming on, and uh, so, okay. And we talked about a few things and uh, had, a, had uh, some stuff set up, and uh, I was really looking forward to it. I've, en- I've enjoyed interacting with both of them, and... Uh, I- you know, I the one I've talked to a little bit over time. Just, we I've, I've sent him some pictures and stuff that uh, of uh, of a couple of players that he was looking eight by from Getty that he was looking for. Um, the other guy was given an opportunity to promote himself. Um, you know, for Ice Wars and stuff, and uh, I don't know. Just I guess they just decided not to show up. Um, and like I, I said. Um, I understand things happen, life gets in the way and shit happens, shit comes up and I get it and all that. Um, I just think, uh, it's, it's, it's really not that hard to send a text and like, Hey bro, can't make it. I'll, I'll get back to you in the next couple of days. We'll reschedule. I apologize. That's it. You know, just be an adult, be a man, handle your business. We don't reply and I don't know, like what, like I, I don't, what, what? I don't understand. And then, you know, oh, I'm kind of nervous and I don't know. Well, then what you agree to do the show for then? You could just say no. That's what I put on Facebook today. If, if someone asks you to come on the show and you don't want to do it, just say you don't want to fucking do it. It's not hard. I said, I've been rejected many times in my life. You're not going to hurt my feelings. I'm a grown man. You're not going to hurt my feelings. Just say, no, really not interested, but I appreciate the offer. Thanks. Okay, well, good day to you as well, sir. Thank you. And we'll move on. Um, you'll never hear from me again. But holy fuck, you just oh yeah, the sure thing, bro. Love the show, and then oh, you just disappear. Like grow the fuck up. Like I said, I understand if shit happens and, and things get things go on. Okay, Just send a text then. You had no problem sending texts all week. All of a sudden, you you lose my motherfucking number. I guess. Fuck me. Are you serious? So, yeah, so it's Saturday night. I'm sitting down here at about 8 o'clock. I got nothing. I had no format planned or anything because why would I plan out a show format? Like I said, I thought I had two guests coming. I didn't really think I needed to come up with uh, come up with some stuff. But I sat here for a bit, and then it's like, start going through the phone. Like, well, I could maybe call Alec or call Jay. or But, I mean, well, how fair is that to them? 9, 10 o'clock on a Saturday night. Hey, yeah, drop... Drop everything. Tell the wife you're just going to go in the other room and talk hockey fights for an hour and a half. Oh, yeah, that would go over like a fucking turd in the punch bowl. You know, so no, I'm not, I don't, I'm not doing that to anybody. I just said, yeah, you know what? Fuck it. I guess we're not having a Sunday episode. And I went upstairs and watched a movie with my wife. And you know what? Wasn't fucking upset by it at all. That I did. I've come to the, fuck boys, I'm telling you now, I've come to the, I've come to the point in this, I don't give a fuck. I don't I used to really bother me and I was really gung-ho. Oh, I'd fucking research all fucking night to come up with shows and everything else And oh, I had to have them done I had to have an interview and I ran around and pulled my hair out trying to get get I don't give a fuck anymore Whatever If I ask you to come on and you don't fucking know show eh, no episode today, I guess I don't whatever I don't care anymore And I said, you know what kills the passion for shit like is shit like that well, guys do that. Best part is, is one of these guys that fucking ghosts me. Oh, he's he's posted today on social media though. Oh, no problem. Yeah. Oh yeah. Fuck me, I guess. You know, like I said, still doesn't have the courtesy to send me a text though and apologize. Now, so I'm. I guess I'm just the jerk off over here. So whatever. Fucking amazing. Absolutely amazing. Oh, whatever. Like, just I don't know. Have some fucking common courtesy. How do you, like. So I said, how do you, how do you do that to someone? I, I, I have no idea. I have no idea how you could do that to somebody, you know, just stand them up like that after all week, you know? So I said, well, so not only do you mess my thing up, you mess my show schedule up. I don't know. Apparently I don't feel bad about it because I didn't get any apology texts. So, you know, we'll just, we'll just run away and hide, I guess. But it, that we that but it's social media. It's faceless. You don't have to, you don't have to see me the next day or anything. You can just You know, lose the number and hide and not answer text messages, block the number and, you know, delete social media or whatever. It's like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, that seems a little drastic, but okay. You know, and if some shit, hey, if something else is going on and shit, you know, I'm sorry. But, you know, why don't you say something? But whatever. I don't get it. But anyway. More ghosting. And like I said, won't be the last, so, whatever. Anyway, it was funny. I was, um, it was last week, uh, I'm (laughs) still, I start work at 5 o'clock, 5 a.m., rolling along, it's about 9.15, and I'm, you know, I'm standing in line at 7-Eleven, grab my, you know, I gotta grab my sugar-free Rockstar, uh, bag of chips, and a hot rod, you know, breakfast of champions, and, uh. Yeah, I got this older guy standing behind me and all of a sudden he's like, yeah, how many breaks is that now? I turn around and look, I'm kind of looking around like, is he talking? You, me, who? I said, me? And he goes, yeah, nine in the morning. We're already breaking, eh? I said, yeah, sure are. And of course I get the yeah, That's what my tax dollars are paying for. I said, oh yeah. I said, how many hours, how many hours do people work in a day? What? Well, I'm asking you a question. How many hours do people work in a day? Eight, correct? For the most part, yeah. I said some people work 10 and 12s and whatever. But for the most part, the working day is 8 hours. Correct? Yes. When's lunch break? What do you mean? When is lunch break in an 8 hour day? It's usually about mid. About the 4 hour mark, right? Yeah. Well, I started work at 5am and it's now 9. I work for 8 hours a day. I'll let you do the math. Figure out when my lunch break is. Fucking idiot. I just It's amazing to me that these people that just cannot mind their own fucking business like, huh. I don't know. It would never. I, I guess it's just me. It would never dawn on me to say that to anyone. Uh, like if I'm at Walmart grocery shopping and I see two people, two workers from Walmart standing there talking to each other, or one of them standing in the corner looking at his phone, it doesn't dawn. I, I've. It's never. I've never thought about going over there and asking them like, when is there when is their break, or why are you talking to someone or whatever. I don't know. I, maybe it's the government employee, the civic employee that, you know, it's like I, we're the tax dollar thing. Like, my taxes pay your salary. I guess that must be it. But, I don't know. But it's like, well, I'm paying taxes too. So, there we go. I guess we're even now. You know, it's just... It's uh, just eye-rolling. It's just the, the people that just have the... Like I said, my my incident there, the Costanza or the Seinfeld-like when i you know i'm going to come and heckle you at your job that and it's just like i mean i've constantly had people tell me that you know your salary my salary pays your taxes and, or my taxes pay your salary and and all that horse shit but it's just like i don't know i don't i'm just sort of wrapping these two incident these two incidents up with each other like just this whole lack of i don't know just civility towards each other or just like i don't know just common courtesy they're just like, you know, people can't mind their own business or they just can't, ah, whatever. Anyway, let's get on to some other thing. Well, oh, speaking of philosophy and that, and that type of thing. Um, as, as I had said earlier, I was, I was going to talk about, um, shopping carts <clears throat> and you're like, you know, <laughs> what, what are these, uh, what, what are these shopping carts that you're speaking of? What well, was something that I had posted on on Twitter, or well, on social media the other day, is the shopping cart theory. Somebody had written wrote this up, and um, I quite enjoyed it. <clears throat> having back in the day worked at Costco, and uh, I had to be uh, the cart monkey out there and having to pick people's carts up long before they had cart corrals and everything else. So yeah, you were you were you know the the joker because you, know, you know how big a Costco parking parking lot is. Like we're talking football field size and they got to go leave their cart way out in the corner. So at nine o'clock at night, you're, you know, dragging it through the snow and the mud cause, uh, they're not bringing it back. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm, uh, I fully appreciate the shopping cart. Uh, Wranglers, although now they have cart corrals for the most part and, but whatever, which they should have to begin with, which just makes sense. But, um, Anyway, let me read you the shopping cart theory. The shopping cart is the ultimate litmus test for whether a person is capable of self-governing. To return the shopping cart is an easy, convenient task and one which we all recognize is the correct, appropriate thing to do. To return the shopping cart is objectively right. There is no situations other than dire emergency in which a person is not able to return the cart. Simultaneously, it's not illegal to abandon your shopping cart. Therefore, the shopping cart presents itself as the apex example of which of whether a person will do what is right without being forced to do it. No one will punish you for not returning your shopping cart. No one will find you or kill you for not, return, <laughs> for not returning the shopping cart. Uh, you gain nothing by returning the shopping cart. You must return the shopping cart out of the goodness of your own heart. You must return the shopping cart because it's the right thing to do because it is correct. A person who is unable to do this, Is no better than an animal, an absolute savage who can only be made to do what is right by threatening them with the law and the force that stands behind it. The shopping cart is what determines whether a person is good or bad member of society. There you go. That was my little completely agree. And you're probably like listening right now. Like, uh, dude, are are we going to get to the hockey here or, or, or what are, what are, what are we doing? Um, ah yes we will get to the hockey and now a message from our sponsors this time of year everyone's talking about making big changes which is all well and good but most of the time pretty unrealistic i know myself like most people i'm gonna work out more (laughs) but i've actually found that the smallest changes to your routine can make the biggest impact in the same way you don't have to break the bank To make big deal purchase, even the smallest things can be part of a big change. If it's something you use every day, like my Raycons, Raycon is a premium audio at the perfect price point. You can build great habits without breaking the bank. Yeah, just throw them in your ears, jump on the treadmill, makes makes the workout go a lot quicker. You can listen to your favorite podcast, hashtag Enforcer based podcasting. Uh, But whether you're looking for a pair of everyday earbuds low latency gaming headphones, or a speaker with a battery that'll last all night at your next party, Raycon's got you covered. And yes, Raycon started half the price of other premium audio brands. So you don't have to choose between products. You can get one of each, or a pair and a spare, and still pay less than you would with with some of the other guys. If you have multiple pairs of everyday earbuds, throw one in the gym bag, throw one at your desk at work. Even if you know you'll love your Raycons as much as I do, Raycon wants to make sure you feel great about your purchase. The offer of buy now, pay later options. Every purchase has an easy and free return guaranteed. Yeah, I've always found I've had numerous different earbuds over the years, and I always have trouble fitting my ear for some reason, but the Raycons actually really good fit. And the best part is they are actually, and I know firsthand, they're actually sweat, water, and sweat resistant. Get ready to buy something small with big impact. Go to slash THPN today. To get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash thpn to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash thpn. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. You know who, what I haven't done in a while, and I was noticing the other day, and I apologize for that, uh, cause they, he has a great, uh, Twitter account, uh, is tough guy numbers. I have not, I have not, uh, uh, thrown out some tough guy numbers for a while. And, uh, I really enjoy his stuff. And, uh, and again, it's, at uh, tough guy numbers on Twitter. And, uh, he always throws out some, uh, some cool stuff. And, uh, like his one here that he has most majors in a sub 100 penalty minute NHL season. 0102 Washington Capitals, Stephen Pete, 15 fights. He had 85 penalty minutes. Next was Jared Boll in Anaheim. He had 51 games, he had 87 penalty minutes, 15 fights. Uh, Brian McGratton, 34 games played, 86 penalty minutes, 14 fights. Then Jim McKenzie, 61 games, 88 minutes, 14 fights. Again, 76 games, again 88 penalty minutes, 14 fights. Uh, Mike Hartman, 87-88 with Buffalo. He played 18 games played, had 90 penalty minutes. He had 14 fights. Uh, Nicholas Delorier, uh, 19, 20, 2019, 2020 in Anaheim. Um he had, in 59 games, he had 92 minutes in penalties and 14 fights. And finally in, uh, 2011-12 in Calgary, 75 games, 94 penalty minutes, 14 fights for Tim Jackman. So there you go. How about that? 85 penalty minutes, 15 tilts for Stephen Pete. That is making the most, making your minutes count. And uh, no, I always enjoy tough guy numbers, and I should I should uh, be re- I should be out here quoting his stats more often. Stop and start, stop and start. Um. Oh, and another thing. How about this? After receiving a five minute major in the first period, the 82nd major of his career, forward Ryan Reeves earns his 1,004 career penalty minute. There you go. 80. Actually, I, was, I didn't think he'd have 82 fights. I didn't think he'd have that many um, With uh, in today's day and age. But there we have it, Ryan Reeves. 1,000 career penalty minutes. Oh, and other news. Uh, King of the Hill. There you go. This has nothing to do with nothing, but King of the Hill is my favorite uh, cartoon, adult cartoon. And it has, it's been rebooted. It is being redone and coming out here. Uh, in, uh, 2023, the reboot of King of the Hill. That'll be interesting. It'll be interesting because it was like, I think the sh- the series ended. I think they said in like 97. So you imagine what's all happened since like 1997. So it'll be interesting to see the Hills in, uh, with today's technology. Like if they're, I'm assuming they're going to go from 2023, like, I don't know, maybe they'll just pick up right in 1997. I mean, it's a cartoon, so it's easy enough to do. So, I haven't read that much into it. I just saw that the King of the Hill is coming back, so I was kind of pumped about that. But uh, Tremendous hockey show today. Welcome to the 4th Line Voice Podcast. What else do we want to talk about? Oh, um, for those that I had talked to about the Mount Rushmore, um, I wanted to do the Mount Rushmore for every NHL team. Um, I had put that out on social media last week. I have about 20 some uh, entries so far from people. I want to thank those who had sent it in. Um, I think that will be next Wednesday's show. I will uh, add up uh, over the weekend. Uh, I will just see, uh, you know, because I I would assume most will be the same, you know, give or take one guy, maybe two. But I think for the most part, everybody will be pretty much similar. But um, yeah, I just want to see what. uh, what people said out there and I was hoping to get enough, uh, um, uh, fall, uh, uh, holy spit out the word feedback is the word I'm trying to say. Holy, uh, I was hoping to get enough feedback. So, uh, and, and uh, I know I'm waiting for a few other guys to send some stuff in and uh, I will add them up this weekend and, uh, next, yeah, I think next Wednesday will be the Mount Rushmore episode. um, Yeah, I mean, other than that, uh, what 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 more do I have to say? I don't know. I've given you I've given you shopping carts. I've given you some philosophy the philosophy of life on a few things. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It just um, I don't know what else to say, folks. Um, Yeah, it's it's just uh, one one of those things, I guess. like I said, I, I threw out a few things to some uh, to the Facebook groups, to social media to get some replies to generate some content. Um, other than that, uh, I, I kept going on about Minor League Mayhem. I kind of wanted to do that tournament, but just kind of got busy and then forgot about it. And now I'm getting ready to, you know, in a couple of weeks or go to Vegas. So I really, I don't really don't want to do it until I get back. Um, Ice Wars. Is happening on March fourth, and uh, I get back from Las Vegas March third, so I will be here to watch it. But I leave on the nineteenth, so I will not be around really to do my my Ice Wars uh, uh, preview show and everything else that I enjoy doing. So um, Ice Wars three, I think I think I'm going to actually be pretty quiet on because even by the time before I can record before I leave, I don't I don't know how much uh, information AJ is going to put out there in terms of who's fighting and what's going on with it. So, um, there's really not much that I can report. I mean, there is nothing. There is no info happening at all coming out, uh about three other than it's in Wyoming. But other than that, that's it. So um I've asked a couple of the participants, if they heard any they haven't heard anything. So um yeah. Um, I'm gonna try to get a hold of AJ probably early ne- uh, early into February here. Well, early into February, what's tomorrow, um, but probably that first week. Um, I'm just gonna see um, if he has anything. Maybe he'll come on the show and maybe throw in a couple things. Um, you know, other than that, um, I'm so, you know I'm not taking my mic. I'm not gonna go fucking record when I'm in Vegas or anything. So um, you know, so um, my Ice Wars three. Um, outside of, well, a review show. I mean, I'll, I'll buy the paper, you know, and watch it. Um, you know, I'll probably watch it on like, and I'll probably have Jay and Alec and them online talking about it at the same time. Um, you know, but outside of that, uh, you know, I'll, maybe we'll do a review show, but, uh, I don't know. So it'll, it's kind of, uh, kind of things are sort of up in the air right now with the show. Um, like I said, I'm not going to plan. T- I've, I've talked to a couple ex players, um, hopefully going to record with them. Um, well, I'm going to, I'm going to, first of all, tomorrow, I'm hoping to record with, um, a gentleman out in Quebec who's a longtime LNAH fan and is really immersed in, um, and he, in the LNAH and he's going to give us the lowdown And I mean, we'll talk about the old school, like, you know, 2003, four, five, six in there. Uh, But also what's going on nowadays and uh, the real the feeder league that's actually really booming right now in terms of fights Uh, we'll talk about the Brashear incident that happened because he's um, right close to it, so um, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna talk to him for a while about the LNAH tomorrow, hopefully So that should be Sunday's episode Um, and in the meantime I have a couple ex-players that I have contacted with, they both uh, agreed to do it at an interview. Again, until I record something, I'm not saying anything. But I'm hoping to have that done um, for the for the weeks coming up. And I did record with old Chris Y2J, and we broke down the Ty domi Rob Ray rivalry. That was a tremendous rivalry, 14 fights, and uh, and and uh, Chris was right there in Buffalo. Lived through it, and uh, had lots of little antidotes and uh uh little behind the scenes kind of uh tidbits that that were really fun and Chris is great you know good speaker and I always enjoy talking to him really knowledgeable dude good guy and uh, I had lots of fun talking to him, and I think that will be the episode one of the episodes when I'm in Las Vegas that way I can just if it's already done I can upload it I can hit the schedule button and uh so i'm not it's not complete radio silence for the 10 days that I'm gone, no, there will be episodes, that's like a good, t- <laughs> like a good teammate, I won't leave you hanging, um, but, uh, yeah, that's kind of uh, where I'm at with the show, I'm sort of, I want to say it's kind of up in the air, I kind of have plans, but who knows, I don't know, but, um, no, you know what I've always said with you guys, I, I've been honest with you guys, I've never lied to you, um, I'm, I'm really, um, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm kind of tapped out with ideas right now. Um, well, I have some ideas. I don't have, I just don't have time to put them in, implement them and uh, nor complete, actually a real desire right now. Not that I'm like, I want to mail shit in and, you know, whatever, but it's almost, I guess I have writers, a writer's block. It's like podcasting block. It's like, what more can I talk about? How many more lists can I do? How many more? You know, um, I mean, you know, the horse has been beaten, revived and beaten again. I mean, it's like, you know, and, um, yeah, I, I, that, that's why I, I literally, I always say, and I, and I mean it, I really do. Um, if anybody else wants to come on the show, get a hold of me through social media, fourth line voice on Twitter or on Facebook. If you're not on social media, hockey fights at hotmail.com, literally send me an email and tell me. Um. Hey, you should do that. I'm all ears about, about, uh, content, what you want to hear. If you have some good, Hey, I could come on and talk about this fucking a, you know, I'd love to have, if you can create content, you're going to come on and talk about shit and I don't have to. Um, cause everything, or you just, uh, it's almost just like I need to push in the right direction. Like, Hey, we could talk about this. Holy shit. That's not a bad idea. And then, you know, and then we can do it. Um, Yeah. Just need some help sometimes, you know, because right now it's like, boy, oh boy. Um, like all day today at work, I'm thinking, well, I got to record something, and I, man, I don't have anything. I mean, I have my little list folder here that I can always, you know, at the end of the show, bounce about 20 minutes of shit from, but, you know, what do I do other than that? It's like, you know, I kind of want to talk about shit, but, you know, I was, I was still pretty hot about shit over on the weekend and just, um, 'cause like I said, just like I know I've said it a thousand times, but yeah, when you have the no show thing and all that, it yeah, it takes the piss out of you. And it's like you know, especially when it continues to happen. Like I was saying to Alec, I mean, you're trying to get guests for the show and fuck, there's like just there's just nothing out there right now. Like people just aren't replying. Like you try to get like somebody go, oh, get ex players, do some player interviews again. Oh fuck. You send out you send out uh I've sent out a bunch of messages to guys. Don't even get a reply. You know, and I mean, and Alex, the same thing. Like, he's like, I can't get the fish ain't biting, man. Um, I don't know what it is. It's just, it's really strange. Um, so it's not for lack of effort. So I don't know, you know, we'll see. But you know, when you get the no show and everything else, yeah, it it kills, it takes the fun out of it and the passion and, uh, I'm, I'm kind of in that right now. I'm sort of sitting kind of in that rut. I still, I, you know, when I hit record, I still want to, you know, I don't want to be professional cause that would be, that's a little reaching, but no, I still want to be, you know, give you a solid show, give you something to listen to. Like, I don't want people to fucking, holy shit, that was a waste of my fucking time. There's an hour of my day. I can't get back. Like, I don't want that feeling. Um, but you know, I, I know when you're swinging blind and I don't know. Anyway, guys. That that's just kind of where I'm at right now in my head space right now. Like I said, I don't want to lie to you guys. I'm going to I always honest, right? So, um, yeah, just kind of a, it's just it's just been a real struggle the last little bit. Like I enjoy the list. Like I think and the tough guy numbers and sharing some of the little stuff with you here. It, you know, it's a fun little thing and you know, like I said, we're not trying to change the world here. We're just having a, you know, try to take you away for an hour and give you some, you know, some fun or some whatever for an hour and, you know, you can get back to eating your cheese sandwich and getting on with life. But, um, yeah, I'm not going to lie. It's, uh, it's, it's been, it's been a grind lately, but how about we get into this list though? Lists are always fun. Let's get into this list here, but you know, we gotta do, we gotta do some sponsor here stuff first. Hold on. See there, there, that was my, so when I go back, i when I drop the ad in there and shit, like, that's editing 101 right there, folks. Of course, I guess the editing part would be like, did not tell the person that that's what you're doing. But, uh, all right, let's get into this. The seven, where's my mouse here? The seven, what is it? The New York Rangers, the seven toughest blue shirts in franchise history from uh, Statue, Liberty Sports. Who's the right? Uh, written in 2018. No, it doesn't actually, okay, I just have the, the link that was sent to me and stuff. It doesn't have, it doesn't say who wrote it. Oh, no, it doesn't matter. Whatever. Let's get into it here at the top set. So, like I said, with all these lists, uh, whenever I do these, I have not looked at these ahead of time. So I am discovering them with you, the listener. Um, so your, my reaction is genuine. So, um, yeah, here we go. Number seven, Jeff Bookaboom. Jeff Bukaboom resembles one of the nastiest, toughest Blue Jackets Rangers has put out on the ice. Boom played from 91 to 99, winning the Stanley Cup 94, 6-5, Was a force to be reckoned with on the ice. Size, strength, and tenacity to make the big hit at the big moment in the game. Brought the Garden fans to their feet on a nightly basis. Bukaboom played the main factor in goaltender Mike Richter's playing career. Jeff was always there in front of Richter, clearing the net. Defenseman appeared in 520 games to so the Rangers, accumulating 1,100 minutes and penalties. Yeah, Bookaboom was a big tough dude. I mean, you know, played with played with Edmonton for a number of years in the Rangers. Um had the unfortunate uh, uh who was it? Matt Johnson wasn't yeah, Simon? No, it was Matt Johnson, punched him in the back of the head. Yeah, that was brutal. Um you know, you don't want to see that. Um Yeah, I mean I'm 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 down with uh with with Bookaboom. Um off the top of my head, I'm not. I'm not sure how many career fights he had, but he would have been. You know, I would have. That'd be interesting. How many fights Buka Boom had? It's got to be around a hundred, I would think. Nah, maybe not that many, but yeah, it's seventy-five to a hundred. I would say that'd be my guess for Jeff Boom. Here, i I'm gonna hit pause. That's. I'm. I'm really. I normally, like I said, I, I don't l I don't look these up ahead of time, but I I do want to see how many fights Buka Boom had in his career. Hold on. Let's look this up. It's gonna be the power of editing here. Well there we go. Hundred and three. So that's that was that's you know, obviously, um uh in in uh, including uh postseason as well. Um but yeah, big tough six five, big dude. Uh yeah, I'm uh <clears throat> I'm down with BooKaboo. And now, a message from our sponsors. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all and new existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in, place the same game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get your free bet back. For Wednesday night, guys, tonight, I got a, I got a three-gamer for you. Sacramento, minus nine and a half against San Antonio. Golden State, minus three and a half. The champs are coming back, folks, rebounding. And the Toronto Raptors, money line over the Utah Jazz. Utah's got great offense, terrible defensively. I think Toronto can hang with them. There's a little three-gamer for you, check it out. But uh, download the app now and sign up with the code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. Number six, Tidomi. Domi. only played in 82 games for the Rangers over three seasons. In that time, he tallied 526 minutes. Involved some of the biggest fights in the NHL. Notably, he took on Detroit's Bob Probert at a game. Madison Square Garden one of the biggest, well-known, and most anticipated fights. Uh, it was a fight. It was a fight lost by Domi, but one, but a win for the fans. The right winger, as excellent skater had no fear in his game. Domi was known to take the ice and land a big hit or start a fight to help us to help find his team get back into games. A great garbage talker, a great garbage taker among the league he trash talker among the league. Domi could talk up as good a game as anyone. Um, yeah, I mean, Domi obviously was, you know, a rookie with the Rangers and um, had some growing pains. Um, it's funny because Chris and I talk about this in the Domi-Ray thing. Um, as, as it turned out, I ended up being a, a big... I'm a Domi and a Rob Ray fan at, at the end of the day, but I remember when they... First, actually, when they both came into the league, I didn't like either of them, to be honest. And I, the Domi, I never, like, with the Ranger doing the speed bag and the belt. Like, I mean, I'd never seen anybody do that shit before. And it's like, he was doing this shit after, like, losing fights. And I'm like, who is this little goof? Um, but once he got to the Winnipeg and he started kind of getting into the role and um, winning his fights and just kind of, you know, and then I got some older tapes and then I got to kind of, re- because, again, he was no HL guy, right? So I never saw him um, other than the Memorial Cup with Peterborough when he fought Kaminsky here in the Memorial Cup. But... Um, that's a great fight. It's on my YouTube channel. Check it out. Fourth line voice and YouTube. Um, hit the subscribe button. But, um, yeah, Domi with the Rangers was kind of, like you said, he's just growing into the role. He's a young guy just starting out. But, um, uh, I, yeah, it was one of those things. I, I kind of, I never, I, I wasn't getting the Domi thing. Um, but looking back on it, it's funny now. Uh but yeah, I, I I was not a big omi fan initially, but but turned himself into having a great career over a thousand games. The all-time fight leader um was probably in Toronto Winnipeg on to Toronto, uh was one of the best enforcers in hockey. And um yeah, actually it's funny, somebody I had put up a omi Binghamton Rangers card from the other day and up on Facebook and all, oh, you know, a bunch of goofs. Oh, he sucked. He was a dummy and all this. This, is a, this isn't this is a fight group. Like, I would expect this shit on Twitter from, like, l- you know, Leaf Girls uh, 34 But these are, like, supposed fight fans that are shitting all over Domi. It's like, oh, yeah. Like, I'm like, I told the one guy, I mean, you don't have to like Domi. Yeah, I'm not saying that. But to say he sucked, you, you sound like an idiot. So, because he didn't suck. So, but whatever. Such as it is, right? Anyway, I digress. But <clears throat> hold on. To... Ah. ah, uh, number five. Huh. Sean Avery. Alright. He may have only been five ten, hundred and eighty-five pounds, but Avery was very visible on the ice. Avery played six seasons in New York, two hundred and sixty four games and six hundred minutes, was all but was able to point but was able to point some points on the score. put Jesus, man, you got to proofread your shit here. But he's also put some points on the scoreboard. Managed 43 goals, 123 points in that period, but Avery was an instigator. He's a player the fans hated the most. The player knew how to push all the right buttons to opposing teams and take a bad penalty, whether it was a stick in the back of the leg after a whistle, a little face rubbing a scrum. Avery was always there, always to get you out of the rhythm. Uh, most known for the Sean Avery rule, um, where he st- stood in front of the New Jersey net miners, Martin Berdur's, uh, face Broder, waving his stick in, a, in an attempt to disgrace, to distract the Devils goalie. The scene drew the ire of the Devils on the ice, as well as referee Don Van Masmoen, who threatened to dish Avery a penalty. The day after the incident, the NHL created a new rule stating that distracting the goalie in such a matter of result in a minor penalty for unsportsmanlike conduct. Um, yeah, I mean, Avery, um, I was never a Sean Avery fan, although I appreciated what he brought to the game. better player than people give him credit for, um, was always starting shit. Um, the problem with Avery, and Avery couldn't shut his mouth, and his teammates didn't like him. And I've had guys, I've had previous guests on the show that played that, uh, they didn't like Sean Avery either, and, um, yeah he, he's just he's a goof he's a big mouth and uh I know that's his shtick and I mean even online now he does the TikTok video or whatever and I don't know he just comes across so unlikable he's just a douchebag and uh and I think he got he got so busy playing the Sean Avery character that I think he forgot about hockey I think a solid player like I said he had you know a bunch of points um now some people will call him a chicken shit or whatever, and it's like, nah. I mean, he had a hundred and some career fights too. I think one time I looked it up, he averaged a fight like every, I you know, like six games. Like he was not a pussy. He you know, now was he the greatest fighter in the world? Well, no. But I mean, he would fight. Um, you know, he certainly. I mean, people. Well, he's like an agitator, like so. And like you know what, like Marchand. It's like, well, no, because Marchant doesn't fight. Like Avery had over a hundred career fights. Again, it's like I mean, obviously Marshawn's an all-star player. And Avery, you know, you know what I'm saying. But just I guess in that term of like that greasiness, which Avery was. But and I'm sure Avery was probably suspended. But and again, not that I was watching every Ranger game or every one of Sean Avery's games on the teams he played for. But I don't really recall Avery being dirty. Like the whole Broder thing really wasn't dirty. He was just just a. Actually, it was a pretty good technique, to be honest, but it wasn't like he was doing, like, I don't remember Avery being super dirty, like, I'm a, yeah, I'm sure he was probably suspended for something, but I mean, other, like, that's like, oh, Barnaby's dirty, well, Barnaby, it's like he was like Barnaby, well, Barnaby wasn't dirty either, like, he's annoying as shit, but I don't remember him being, like, dirty, dirty, he wasn't like, all Samuelson or Kasperitis or anything, like, taking out knees and shit. Like, no, they were just, like, yappy, like, little chihuahuas, you know, give you a shot or rub your face with their, you know, palm or just being little assholes, but, I mean, that's not being dirty, that's just, I don't know what you call it, greasy, I guess, but, or annoying, maybe that's a better word, annoying, so, but, yeah, oh, I guess overall, I'm just, yeah, I'm not an Avery fan or anything, but I think the game misses them, um, you know, just in terms of, like, starting shit and stuff like that, but. Yeah, he's, uh, I don't have a lot of time for Sean Avery, we'll put it that way. I find him repugnant. How's that for a word for you? Napes will like that one. What are we at here? Number four, Joey Koser. Joey Kosar had a great NHL career. He's an example of an enforcer, should be on the ice. He protected his players, took a lot of penalty minutes, a new one to throw the big hit clean or not to get the blood boiling. Coaster played for the Rangers for six seasons. never played more than 65 games in any one of those years, with the exception of 93-94. He, uh, he was yet still able to record 537 penalty minutes, 278 games. Coaster, uh, indeed, the fighter in the years to, uh, he played in the NHL. Uh, Joe will was to way to lay a hit on an opponent or drop his gloves at any time. Coaster fit the role and on the team that eventually rounded it into a Stanley Cup winner. Interestingly, Coaster... Uh, did hold a different reputation than other players in, the, in his category. Most enforcers would fight the other team's enforcers, but Koester didn't really settle for that. If any player ticked him off, scorer or fighter, Joe would go at him regardless of the code within the game. Um, huh. That's an interesting, uh, observation. Um, I mean, I suppose, I mean, I guess eagles and stuff like that, but, um, yeah, I don't know about Coaster really going after any, maybe he did. Again, I'm not, I, I, I mean, I've seen Coaster's fights, but I wasn't watching New York Ranger games at the time, so I can't really say whether he was or he wasn't. I don't remember any, I mean, I'm sure there was scrums or pushing, or maybe the odd fight here and there, but I mean, for the most part, I mean, Coaster was fighting heavyweight guys, so I don't know if there was too many, um, in fact, and I've said this about Coaster on multiple times. I always thought Joey's fight card, and as a fighter, he got better in New York than when he was in Detroit with Probert. Because I always thought he was the number two behind Probert. Um, that's not a that's not a slight to Joey. It's just you know, really. I mean, let's be honest. Um, and I and I thought his fight card at times really lacked in terms of competition. Um, w- but when he got to New York and became the number one. Um, Yeah, I thought he was, he was really solid. And, uh, yeah, I don't really recall thinking closer, like, I'm not saying he picked the spots or anything like that, but yeah, I'm not quite sure where this guy's going with that kind of, he'd fight it. I mean, I get, I get what he's saying, but I'm like, I don't, I don't remember any incidents really. Like in terms of fighting guys, now he might have gone out of his way and maybe given a guy a shot now and again where it was, you know, keep a guy honest or nothing, but I mean, again, like as this guy point, that's being an enforcer, and I mean, you know, there's, hey, I got, I got no problem with that, um, uh, yeah, but, I'm down with Joey Koser. um, number three, number three is, Lou Fontenato, uh, I didn't call him Leapin' Lou, or Louie the Leaper for nothing, this product of the 51 Guelph, Biltmore Mad Hatters, a Memorial Cup winning junior team, was the fightiest Rangers from the night of his debut in New York during the 54-55 season until Fonti was traded to Montreal Canadiens after the 1960 season. Uh Never did Fontenot pick his spots. He fought the best of them and seemed to enjoy picking the Montreal Canadiens during the dynasty run through the late 50s. During a bout with legendary Rocket Richard, Louis punched the rocket in the head, opening a wound that bloodied the ice. It even inspired famed columnist Red Smith to pen the column titled Roman Circus. Uh, teamed with fellow grad, uh, Guelph graduate Harry Howell, Lou played solid defense with the accent on physicality. The Rangers' successful season 55-56 through to 58 were due in part to Fontenot's intimidation tactics that were kept some top scorers at bay. However, Louie's downfall as official heavyweight champion of his era came with uh, came when he chose to fight icon Gordie Howe on the night of February 1st, 59. Although the Leaper got in a few punches for starters, Howe blasted away at Fontanato's head and hurt Lou so badly that he had to be in the hospital for his wounds. From then on, Fontanato's intimidation factor slipped significantly until he was traded to Montreal. Um, yeah, again, I've, I've talked about that incident on here before the Fontanato Howe fight. Um, there is, uh, much debate about that fight and um uh, again um it, it depends uh kind of maybe what what newspaper you talk to because uh or what newspaper you talk to what newspaper you read um because events are, that has been debated um I don't think anybody's debating whether how won but I think like you talk to some people and they show the picture of fought all bandaged up Well, he hit a broken nose. That's it. He had a broken. It's not like you know how ended his career or anything, but how was cut up as well. And uh oh, it sounded like how was chopping wood. It's like, but you read other articles. I talked to Steve from when Probert was king about this, and he's big in newspapers. dot com and really big into researching the golden era of fighting and um hockey from fights way back. From the 1910s and 20s and stuff like that, and gone on. He's read articles and everything else, and uh, him and I have talked about the Fontanato and Howe thing before, and it's uh, um, you know there's a, there's a little bit of revisionist history going on there too. But uh, but anyway, Lou Fontanato at number three, number two, oh Nicky Fatio, uh, Coaster Fatio, I'm Domi, I'm curious what number one is. Uh, fatio's Fet- number, uh, number two, Nick fatio. Uh, played four or Hit the Guy games with the Rangers, eight Season, Staten Island, New York native, started his NH- Ranger career on July 23rd, 76, when he signed as a free agent. He played for the Rangers until 79 when he was claimed to the NHL expansion draft by Hartford. He then returned to the Rangers in 81, in which he played with the team until 86, and he was traded to the Flames. Fatio was beloved by the fans, not because of his great skating ability or puck handling skill. Nick was a hitter, fighter, and defender of his teammates. In his Ranger career, he racked up 970 minutes. There weren't too many people who really wanted to fight him. Dave the Hammer Schultz, one of hockey's most tough guys, wrote in his book that Fatio was the only man he was afraid to fight in his NHL career. The left winger was a Ranger fan since he was a kid. Loved the opportunity to skate on the ice of the garden. His special bond with the fans uh, became more evident at the con- at the conclusion of warm-ups. Fatio would remain on the ice until he was the last skater. And he would throw pucks high into the stands for fans to catch. Um, yeah, Nick Fatio. Um, yeah, real polarizing figure. Um, a t- tough guy, without a doubt. There's no question about that. Yeah. Um, I, i've always my i guess my my thing with fatigue i've never claimed he wasn't tough or anything like that um i just kind of uh, to me there's just a real lack of um he just I, he just didn't fight enough like and i think there's a lot of opportunity there and he was big with the square offs and again it takes two guys to fight and they're always all this he didn't i always notice though it's it's the other guy that didn't want to engage oh is it though I mean, there's, he seems to have a lot of fights where there's no engaging. Well, it's sort of like, well, what's the common theme in all of them? Well, Nick, you know, so, but again, you have, well, he was scared, guys. That's why they didn't want to fight him. Well, you know, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of guys that had two 250 fights and, uh, you know, I don't think people are really willing to line up and fight them, but yet they managed to fight all those times. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I guess that'd be my only real knock on Fatio is just le- just the amount of fights. Um but again, um, you know, played in the WHA as well, had a bunch of fights there, and of course there's just no footage, right? So um so that that's hard to say, I mean, um when there's no when there's no footage. It's it, it's hard to uh to make that claim. So um yeah, I don't know. Again, I have nothing Again, I'm not trying to disparage Nikki or anything when I talk like this and it's like and again, I'm certainly not a 70s guy. I'll be the first to admit that. I mean, I've seen the fights and stuff. Do I know every nook and cranny of Nick Fatio's career? No, I don't. So, um, but, uh, I like, I've talked to guys, and they're, oh, he's one of the, I have him in my top five of all time. Uh, okay. I mean, again, that's everyone has a right to their opinion, but I, I don't know. I don't see it, but uh, if that's what you, if, but again, if you live through it, that's a whole different thing, right? Like, um, you know, and I, I mean, I can't sit here and talk about the nineties and I lived through it and these young kids don't know. And then I get, I can't be a hypocrite and start kind of shitting on the seventies guys when they talk about Nick. So, um, cause it's the same thing I'm doing with the nineties guys. Right. So, um, but, uh, so I recognize that, but, um, just from the footage that I've seen again, which isn't a lot cause there just isn't a lot, um, you look great. Uh, at other times, I, overrated. Um, yeah, it's one of those things. Uh, <coughs> I'd really like to, maybe, and there. Hey, there. I just kind of came up with some content just as I'm sitting here. I'd really like to get like an older '70s guy on that. Could, that was that's really well well versed in it and. And he could kind of we could really talk about the Ben Wilsons, the Fatios, and O'Reillys because I've had guys on and we've talked about those guys, but they're the same age as I am. They're like there's they were they were born in the mid '70s, so it's like we don't know other than video, uh, which is one thing. But I think there's some there's definitely some credence to I lived through it. Um, so I'd really like to actually talk to somebody, um, you know, that's in their late '50s, maybe early '60s, that lived through that 70s era and went to games and and could really um, share their experiences of maybe going to Madison Square Garden or the Spectrum or whatever when those big games were happening or the old Boston Garden. So I think that'd be cool. I know there's a few guys out there um, that I would like to talk to and get on the show. And we could get down to this whole Nicky Fatio business. But in the meantime, he's number two on our list. So who is number one on this New York Ranger list. Let's have a look here. <clears throat> all right, uh, Mark Messier, the captain is of course known as the '94 Stanley Cup champion Rangers. Messier was good at uh, was as good at scoring the game-winning goal as he was throwing a massive body check on the ice. Messier knew the importance of dominance on the ice in all aspects of the game. The center would never back down from a scrum at the net on a whistle, banging bodies into the boards on either end of the ice. I would almost show his nasty side in every game. Messier played a total of ten years, almost seven hundred games in New York. Hmm, really, I didn't think he, I didn't think he played that many games in New York. Uh in that time he acquired six hundred and sixty-seven minutes of penalties, six hundred and ninety-one points. It's almost a point per game and a penalty minute per game with it in his range of career. Uh Messier battled with the best of them, including some moments with Donald Brashear, a player he <coughs> a player he took on many times as the two had a dislike for one another their entire careers in the league. Uh there are a bunch of uh there are a bunch of uh notable mentions that so many of the part that part two may be coming your way, Graves, Hospital, Tanner Glass, just a few not mentioned in this piece, all of whom contributed to the tough man or enforcer era of the NHL. Some said the enforcer era is on the way out. Teams can't afford a roster spot to a player whose main purpose to fight, or hit, or agitate. I disagree. Hockey needs that edge. Imagine an NHL if Gretzky didn't have Semenko watching his back every game. Oh, there we go. Um, Messier battled Donald Brashear most of his career. Um, I, okay. Okay. I, I didn't realize that Messier had fought uh, that was, was fighting Brashier. Um, yeah, here, I'm going to hit edit here. I, or hit pause. I got to see his, I got to check out Messier's fight card. This doesn't seem right to me. Hold on. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, Messier had 50 career fights none of them against Brashier, Um, according to hockeyfights.com's fight card. So I am take that as you will, but, um, actually Messier's fight cards actually kind of pathetic. Um, he started off. Okay. He had 11 fights, obviously in his rookie year. Uh, McCabe, Dave Malone, and Kim Claxon, you know, uh, Pablinski, Reed Larson, Hector Marini, but then, I mean, you know, Doug Hallward, Mo LeMay, Mario Marowat, Tim Waters, Randy Hillier, Tim Waters, Bob Gould. Ah, Gould, this got a kind of tough, small guy. Gord Denine, Scott Neal, Jim Neal, McPhee, Roberts, Mark Hunter, McCowan, Otto, McSorley, uh, Valerie Zelopuka, Joe Day, Kevin Kaminsky, Kevin Haller, Z- uh, Zalapski, Otto, McSorley, him and Marty, it's funny, they're, they're buddies and stuff, but they had a rivalry we're going. Joseph Baranek and then Jason Arnott. Yeah, it's a real yeah, real heavyweight uh, heavyweight uh, fight card there. Um, I'll be, Again, I, I'll be completely transparent. I was never a Messier guy. I'm not a big fan. Um, but again, obviously one of the greatest captains in history. Great Hall of Fame player. I'm not taking anything away from his talent. That would be ridiculous. No, he was obviously he was a great player. Um, I always just, he was dirty as shit. And, um, yeah, he, he got away with a lot of bullshit. And, uh, didn't, like I said, you know, he played how many thousand some games and he had 50 career fights and you play that dirty. I mean, I don't know. In all those years of Battle of Alberta and stuff, you, you know. So he didn't really fight all that much. Um, again, you know, top line player, Hall of Fame player. So no, you don't want him fighting much. I understand that. But then my, also my argument would be, Well, when you play that dirty, though, you should pack your shit up. So, um, and especially back then, uh, when you're going to play like that dirty, guys are not going to get, like, I'm I'm sure guys went after him. And uh, he clearly uh, would not fight. So, um, again, on one hand, I get it. But on the other hand, it's like, eh, I don't know, kind of ratty in a sense. Um, But... But yeah, big like I said, great player. You know the the you know the prediction game and all that stuff. And um, yeah, again, I'm not taking any way, anything away from Messier's talent that you can't. Um, but no, I'm not a fan of Marks at all. But um, I I don't again with these lists. I guess it's they're whenever I like all oh, the toughest. I I take I always say I use the term tough. With these lists as terms of their like fighting ability. That's how I look at it. I guess some of these guys when they do the toughness. It's just playing rough and hitting and whatever. So I mean I get it. But it's like I guess we're just you know semantics at this point. But just sort of I, I guess we just look at. Well, I'm, I'm looking at toughness different than how the guy writing the article is. I think I brought this up on a list before. Um, but anyway. There, There is the list of the New York Rangers. The seven toughest New York Rangers. Whatever that toughest means. But not, I mean... So what do we have? Bukabu, Domi, Avery, Koser, Fontana, Fatio, Messier. I mean, you can't really argue with the names. I mean, I would have them in a different order. But... Um, you know... I, I don't think there was anybody out there uh, on this list that was extremely, uh, you know... I mean... Again, how are we using the word toughness? If we're talking about fighting, no mess, shouldn't be on it at all. Um, but, um, okay. There you go. I mean, I get it, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you could, you know, you could go down the list with, with Ranger Guy. I mean, you know, original six team, I mean, the list is lengthy, but, uh, yeah, there's uh, the top seven, according to this cat, so. Well there we go folks It is like 9.30 Tuesday night um, I have to go I have to fold the old man It's his birthday today So I'm going to go do that And then I have to upload this piece of business So um Yeah guys I want to thank you guys for tuning in As always Um Again I For the long time listeners And a few cats out there I apologize for kind of being up and down This last little while And uh, missing a couple episodes here and there Um yeah, it's just uh, it's just been a real it's just been a grind lately, and uh, you know, uh, always shoot to get better. And uh, yeah, I'm going to try. I have some I have some cool guests lined up that I've talked to. Hopefully, everyone shows up. Um, so we're still out here fighting, guys. And uh, you know, um, I, I I think some uh, the like Francois tomorrow. I think that'll be a lot of fun to kind of get some lowdown on the Quebec League and. Um, I, I mean, I understand the LNH isn't for everybody, but i he's got a few stories to tell and, uh, we get to the bottom of this latest brush incident and all that. So, but, uh, you know, we'll talk about that. And, uh, like I said, I've talked to some ex-players that I think will be fun. They've got some, sounds like they've got some good stories. So, uh, that'll be cool. And, uh, yeah, I just hope you guys stick along for the ride. Like I said, I know there's, hundreds and hundreds of podcasts to listen to and every day there seems to be a, a new ex player starting up a podcast and uh you know it, it's tough when you're a you know a fan or a nobody to battle that so it's hard to battle their Rolodex but um I I I think we have fun on this show. We've done it for 280 episodes now and uh yeah I hope you guys enjoy it and and for everybody that takes the time out to listen um and interact and everything else I great I really appreciate it and uh you know I I can't thank you guys enough so and, and I that I, I I mean so I mean you get fired up sometimes and sometimes you you don't want to do the show and you you lose the passion that your, your passion wavers at times especially a 280 <laughs> pardon me 280 episodes in you know you're not gonna hit it out of the park every time but uh you know, I hope to uh, to give you guys a little chuckle or at least, uh, you know, hopefully you, you you feel it's an hour well spent. We'll put it that way. So anyway, guys, I'm going to get out of here. Uh, Got to go phone the old man. But uh, it was great talking to you guys. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you cats on Sunday. All right, everybody. Have a good night.